But this is the first time that I'm doing this, like, on location, if you yeah, will. Yeah, right? One, like, one-to-one, kind of, not... Right, like, face-to-face. <laughs> I've never uh, done this, so this is a little bit strange for me. It's okay. Um, I, you know, uh, I think the audio of this room is going to actually work out okay. It's great. I have I an office. Gonna... <laughs> That's right. I like that you have an office. Um, but nonetheless, super excited to talk about this because we started this... Well, you started this, I shouldn't say we, but our building, our school started this four years ago, five? The restorative stuff? Yeah. Uh, I think we started our trainings three years ago, maybe. Okay. We've been using restorative for years and years. Right. But it just wasn't given to the staff at that capacity. Right. Right, and I guess that's maybe what I meant, because we... Now that we do it, mm-hmm. and like we we do it here, mm-hmm. like we I think we are in it, right? Like for sure, right? Um, and going to this little conference, I think solidified that of right. saying like we do this, yes. you know? Yeah. Um. So that was like three years ago. I yeah, yeah. I'd okay. have to look. I almost feel at like the it's more, dates. but well, but maybe it's just because I'm using it so much that right. it feels like it's longer than that, but. Um, and the office has been using it for years and years as a response to discipline right. infractions or right. whatever you want to call them. Um, the high school was using it even longer then because there was someone up there that was trained as a trainer and oh. had their degree, kind of like I am now, mm-hmm. um, and they implemented it on a larger scale. And our, the administrators came down here and continued to use it uh and then i came in trained so they're like okay right let's get right. this going right so. in fact i probably should introduce you now yeah. that you say that because you are trained you are our trainer um i am here with jen williams uh jen williams is a guidance counselor at the school that i teach at, at our middle school and just a phenomenal person i have to say <laughs> thank you yes um but you are you are our like um go to when it comes yes. to restorative practices. Right. And first just tell me a little bit about yourself, maybe your how you got into, you know, counseling and then right. how did you get into restorative practice? Like where did that go from? So I have a psych background, a bachelor's in psychology. I knew I wanted to do something in schools. Uh, I always was a babysitter. I always liked working with kids. Um and when I started at, um, when I finished with my psych degree, I figured I can't do anything with it. <laughs> so let's just go <laughs> for my master's right away. So I went and got a counseling degree and I loved it. I loved elementary. I was a teaching assistant while I went through grad school at an elementary K through three learning support classroom uh-huh. and just fell in love with everything about it. Yeah. And then I became a counselor, and I was actually a long-term sub here years and years ago covering a maternity leave. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Right. And I was elementary at the time. So then I fell in love with middle school, which makes people cringe a little bit. Right. 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 And I've (laughs) talked about that before, how like um, every grade level thinks that the other grade levels are crazy yes. for teaching that grade level. Yes. You know, like, I am a sixth grade teacher. I can't imagine doing kindergarten. Right. And I can't imagine doing seniors in high school. Right. But those two, you know, uh, 
career paths. Right. Can't imagine doing sixth grade. No. So middle school people are a unique breed. And we are. And apparently. you are 100%. <laughs> You fit that category. Here I am. I'm, ta- I'm saying take that as a compliment because yeah. it's it's um, y- you have to be a certain way to be a middle school person. Right. Yes. And and so when I came here to be a substitute, I fell in love with the grade and mm-hmm. the ages, and I went back because at that time the graduate uh, counseling program was just you did elementary track where you did high school track. Okay. So I had to get K through twelve certification. So I went back got more training, and uh, worked in another district in Montgomery County mm-hmm. for years, for five and a half years. Right. While I was there, they said, hey, why don't you go to this donut workshop coffee thing about restorative practice? And I thought, what? <laughs> what is this, right? And it turns out that when I got there... But by the way, they entice you with the donuts and the coffee. Yes, Dunkin' Donuts and coffee. (laughs) What can go wrong? Right. Any educator knows that if you need to get to a professional development, donuts and coffee is the way to get the people there. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So it was just a three-hour seminar, and they talked about a big overview of what this thing was. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely fell in love with the concepts. Because of being a, a counselor, there isn't much for uh, professional development that aligns to us when we work in education. Right. It's right. how do you teach literacy? How, mm-hmm. And this was like, oh my gosh, I can connect with kids in a different way and I don't have to think about, am I using gestalt or solution focus today? <laughs> right. And it just seems so natural. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked there for five and a half years at this middle school mm-hmm. with that little bit of training. I did take some of their trainings that I've trained you in and the right. staff here. Sure. So I had those beginning intro courses mm-hmm. under my belt. And then I came here in 2009 when you brought fifth grade into the building. Sure. There was a need for a third counselor. And it was nice because I knew a lot of people already. Right. right? Yeah, because you were here before. Right. And what's interesting about our contract for teaching, so I'm on the teacher's contract like everyone else. You max out in, um, you know, essentially if I wanted a raise, then I needed to take more credits. Mm -hmm. And where I used to work, it it maxed out at 30 credits. Uh Here it's 60. Yeah. And I already have my master's. Sure. I have to legally in the state of Pennsylvania. Right. And I thought, oh man, what am I going to do? Yep. I had young kids at home. I wasn't about to go into another program, mm-hmm. but I did. <laughs> but I did. And so thankful that you did because you went into restorative practices. Yes. And what an applicable kind of... Um, topic yes in today's day and age you know in our building in a yes. middle school as a counselor I think that's totally appropriate yeah 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 it, it was great most of it was online but because we'll get into this later mm-hmm. but because their their main focus is building relationships a lot of the online stuff was Skyping. And, right, you know, right. I was talking with the people from Italy yeah, uh, in, yeah. at 9 o'clock at night. Right, you know? yeah, you guys you can't really do a grad program that's all about building relationships and <laughs> have, like, discussion posts. No. Like, that's not really the best no. way. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I 
graduated in 2016. Right. And um, and before that, I, I was sent by our school yep. administration to be trained with another colleague. Mm-hmm. And we trained the staff here, I think, around the same time. Yeah, it was, like I said, it was like three or four years ago. I remember... Right. In the cafeteria. Yes. Just all of us in there. Yes. And, you know, you standing up there saying, you know, we're going to learn about restorative practices. And we all went, what? Huh? Yeah, what, what's that? Oh, <laughs> like, not yeah. another thing. Right, like, what's this <laughs> other hoop we have to jump through? And, I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into, like, the how do you get staff buy-in. Right. You know, um, because when it's something like this, I do believe um, there was a, a quote from a, a professional development a long time ago that um, that we should stop using the word buy-in. Yes. Because that implies that there's a choice. Yes. And, and in, with something like this, there's no choice. Teachers across the world should be using restorative practices. Yes. I really, truly believe that. I don't think that there's a choice. Right. You don't need to get your staff to buy into something right. that they should already be doing. And what we're finding, so the, the, the company or the organization that I was trained by was the International Institute for Restorative Practices. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's important to note. Uh, they're working and they see a need for undergrad education majors to have the skill set. Because what's happening is teachers get frustrated with behaviors which do exist on a very large scale sometimes sure. in your classrooms. And teachers get frustrated and they just push kids out because they have to teach the rest of the the classroom. Yes. So restorative tries to get them to have ownership and skills with simple conversation and building relationships that they won't have to send the kids out. Because right. what happens is they the kids become shamed and they are sent away and away from their community. Right. And so there's this concept that you learn in your training called reintegrative shaming, mm-hmm. where, yeah, sometimes you do need to go, but then the student knows what they need to make it right to come back into the community right. and feel connected again. It's almost like you're, and so maybe this kind of leads us into, you know, talking about what exactly restorative practices is. For right. those people that may be listening that don't know, like like me a couple of years ago going, right. what, you know. Right. Um, but there's kind of like, if the student that you're wanting to kick out of your class, right? Yeah. For lack of a better term, um, has caused some sort of harm in the classroom. Right. You now, as the teacher, are causing almost double harm by then removing, you know, telling that student that they have to leave your classroom because right. you're now you're harming that student right. by removing them from that community. Right. So, you know, it's like two wrongs don't make a right, something yes. we learn as kindergartners, you know. Yeah. And here we are kind of doing that, I think, in the traditional sense. Right. Um, so maybe talk about that. What is restorative practices? Mm-hmm. The kind of the basic gist, maybe the, you know, one paragraph worth of what is this? And then can you describe maybe why it's better than the way we've done it in the past, more yeah. traditional practices? Right. Yeah. So restorative practices, they have this philosophy that people are more likely to be cooperative if you work with them, with people in authority working with them, mm-hmm. so it's not punitive. It's not. Um, I think that's the big. That's a big else. one. Right. Right. It's not empty threats or even threats. Um, it's what do you need? You're struggling. Mm-hmm. How can I help you? 
let's work together. Yes. And what's different from the traditional sense of rule breaking, mm -hmm. you have rules, the student broke a rule, and then they have to go. They have to leave because they broke a rule. What's their consequence? Right. Right. And a huge thing, too, for restorative, which this is one of the things that I find is the most powerful in my takeaway from restorative, is that you empower the kid. Yeah. Or anyone you're working with, with restorative. Yes. They have a control completely of their outcome, um, as long as it's with you and, and aligning with your philosophy of what right. needs to happen. Right. Because ultimately, we have to keep kids safe. And sure. We guide sure. them to the right solution for them. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think, um, you know, it, the, I guess I should also say that the reason that we're having this conversation is because you and I just got back from going to a one-day conference uh, right. in Philadelphia kind yep. of about this. Yep. And one of the things that, um, you know, just kind of, I, I remember from the training, but I hadn't thought about it, is the difference between traditional and restorative. Right. One of them is traditional, you say that rules are violated. Correct. And in restorative, you would say that relationships Correct. are violated. And what a huge difference yeah. that really is when you think about it. Um, you know, I sat at that conference next to an assistant principal of mm -hmm. a K-8 school. And I don't even honestly remember what school it was from. But mm -hmm. um, she said that, you know, she was at this training because when she became an assistant principal, she was given the handbook right. and said... You know, first offense is, you know, detention. The second yes. offense is an in-school suspension. And the third offense is an out-of-school suspension. Right. And that she was just supposed to follow that punitive consequence yes. structure. Boom, boom, boom. And then from there, you just, you know, you just continue those OSSs until right. the kid isn't there anymore, you know. And um, as a new administrator, that right. gives you comfort, though. Sure. Before black you, and white. Right, right, black and white. I got this on paper. If the, if the student does this, then I give them that. Awesome, right? Yes. And then you look at the outcomes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Johnny's coming back for the fifth time this week. <laughs> what the heck, right. right? Yeah. And yeah, so the restorative, you have to have creative solutions, but they are amazing. Mm -hmm. and, and that's one thing that as a grade level behavior person that mm -hmm. you are, and that's the role that you have in our building mm -hmm. in addition to your classroom commitment, um, that's one thing you do well, is that you provide um, creative solutions mm -hmm. and work with the students. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I think I have a pretty good understanding. I mean, I, I certainly do, and I, and I hope the listeners do, of what restorative practices kind of is all about. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this idea of building relationships with students, it's right. kind of proactive. It's absolutely. 80% of it should be proactive. Wow. Okay. There's, right. right. There's the statistic. Yeah. Um, it, it's very proactive, and it's, it's very much relationship building. It's very much, you know, um, you are part of this community. Right. If you do something that's going to cause harm to the community, you need to restore that harm. Yes. I think that's kind of where the name come, comes from. I guess my question is, is why is that better mm -hmm. than traditional practices? Why do we want that? Why, why is someone that's listening to this, why should they implement that? It, I see it as integrity. Mm -hmm. You give the child integrity. And if you talk about that buy-in word that we're not supposed to use, right? right? If they have a Well, say, the students may be buy-in, right. Right, like as a parent, if I continually tell my kid, sit down and be quiet. Let's mm -hmm. say we're at a movie theater. Sit down and be quiet. Knock it off. And 
they don't have they don't see me with integrity anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't see me as mom who loves them and who is there with them. They see them as mom is trying to get me in trouble. Right, right. <laughs> like right. I can't do anything right. And self-esteem goes down and it just gives everybody the power to own their own stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I strive to do in my own life and I hope others do too. So, so it's all about giving the students some integrity yeah. or really showing your own integrity right? and, and, and giving the students a voice, giving them some, yes. some, um, I don't know, giving them a voice. I don't know how else to say that. Giving right. them a, an ability to have a say in what happens. Yeah. I found that to be so strong in my coursework at mm -hmm. IIRP yeah. that that was my capstone thesis is that giving okay. students a voice right? because at our school, we empower kids so mm -hmm. significantly yeah. compared to other schools. And you, right. you just said, yeah. you know, going to this place, we realize that we're doing it right. Getting um, accreditations this year mm -hmm. for schools to watch and yes. going to uh, a nationally ranked conference mm -hmm. for Amley. And those things really validated that we empower kids on a yeah. much larger scale. And do you want to just speak about um, how we do that with your peace room yeah. and, and your students that you kind of train on restorative practices. Yeah. So can we, I mean, talk about that a little yeah. bit that you have, I mean, you have students that are running yeah. restorative circles in this building and these are just eighth graders right. that are acting really as, I don't want to say peer mentors or, right. or like, cause it's different than like a, a school that might have a um, program where adult students help conflict resolution right. in their schools. Right. It's different than that. It's yeah. more than that. Yeah. What's unique about ours is that, um, well, let me go back to tell you how I developed yeah. it. Yeah. So as a counselor, we ask students to provide us with feedback or report things when they're harmed. Mm -hmm. We have incident reports that students can fill out if something happened and that the counselors are supposed to be the first line of defense sure. for them. Sure. We were getting upwards of 20 a week. I mean, That's, really, no lie. Yeah. And we are also, so those are low-level things, but they're really important to those students. Right. It's not that I wanted to dismiss what they were saying, mm -hmm. but when I have a student also who's in here cutting themselves, suicidal, family um, stressors that are really out of their control. Absolutely. And then I have someone say that they looked at me weird. Right, right. I thought, they, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this all? Right? right, right. You know, I when I first started teaching, I had a girl come up to me and she said, you know, little, and she was kind of crying or very close to crying. And I'm, you know, like, Susie doesn't want to be my friend anymore. Yeah. And I, I was, in my head, I went, so what? Like, yeah. don't be friends with Susie. Exactly. But I, I learned in that moment, because I, I, I'm sure, as a first-year teacher, I did not have the appropriate reaction. I'm, right. I'm sure that I did not. I probably looked at her like, who cares? But <laughs> now I know, moving forward, yeah. it, that's important to them. Right. To that student, and in that moment, yeah. that was the most important thing going on in her life. Right. And I treated it as if it was a throwaway thing. Right. And probably did not help at all in the situation. Yeah. So, right, you're saying when, when when a student comes to you and says, they looked at me weird. Yeah. 
you can't just dismiss that. We have no right to. No. no. And because you can't say, well, I've got bigger issues there, little Johnny. Right. You know, like, I've got... Like, wouldn't you know that, yeah. that Susie in your class it, is cutting herself, right, you know? Right, like, you, you can't, can't say that. No. 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 So you have to treat each one of those things right. with, with integrity yes. and with the weight that it deserves. Right. So, okay, so now so, you're, you're at this point where you have... You're I'm overwhelmed. overwhelmed. Completely overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I thought, huh. I went to a summer symposium at IIRP, mm-hmm. and there was a man who spoke, and it struck me because he has empowered students to be in these leadership roles, and he's doing something and has a nonprofit uh, across the world, mm-hmm. you know, or, or mostly in the country. And I thought, I can do that. I can empower yeah. kids that way. And we already had a peer mentoring program mm-hmm. where eighth graders go into the classroom and help academically. We also um, had, well, Raider Pride came a little later. So anyway, so we had the Raider Pride. We didn't have students in that leadership sure, role until sure. after this. And just to clarify, Raider Pride is our kind of... Uh, Social emotional learning, learning groups. Program. Yeah, yep. Right. So I started a related art class. So for an entire semester in the spring of their seventh grade year, students could choose to be in this class to learn restorative Mm -hmm. stuff. We call it MCR, Mediation Conflict Resolution. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a chance because I need help. And these kids can do it. Yeah. So we did and successfully it has grown and grown and last year we helped over 80 kids no yeah yeah. i didn't actually know that yep yep that's a lot 80 students went to the peace room and worked with our eighth grade students so you have right so we have and again i i have to i can't reiterate enough this is more than because there's i'm sure in other schools they have older students Right. That are doing conflict resolution, that are right. mediating uh, some sort of dispute. Right. That's not unique. Right. What's unique is that these students are trained right. by a professional, by a licensed trainer, by right. a licensed trainer mm-hmm. in restorative practices. Right. Which, again, maybe I should clarify, there is a very clear process to restorative practices. Right. When you're doing some sort of conflict resolution using the restorative practices, there is a script. There, yes. I, there are certain um, milestones you have to hit right. within that kind of program. Yeah, and let will. me tell you about the, there's a continuum. A continuum, okay. So a lot of it is proactive. We're talking about 80% of it should be that relationship building. Mm-hmm. And 20% is the reactive um, intervention, so to speak. Sure. So the continuum starts with affective statements. You know, hey, how you doing? You look great today. What's going on? Great job on your test kind of thing. Yep. Right? And then you have um, this whole thing, and some of it's restorative questioning in the middle there. Right. Restorative questionings never asks the question, why? Mm-hmm. It starts out with what happened to the offender. You know, not the victim, to the offender. And what can you do to make things right? Mm-hmm. What has your behavior, how has it affected people? That's such a right? big one for me. Huge. To get the students to understand, especially middle-level yes. students. Well, because they're still in egocentristic. They yes. still are about them. Right. <laughs> to get them to understand how their actions impacted others. You know, you mentioned I, I have a, on, on top of my classroom 
commitments. I do. I'm the, the behavior coordinator for sixth grade, right. which in our in our building that just means I get some of those incident reports, some of those um, behavior referrals yes. first before they go to like the principal. Um, I get them and just kind of try to have that restorative conversation with them. Right. And I use those questions, those, you know, that what happened, right. which is a great one because, again, it gives that student a voice. It mm-hmm. gives them a chance to say their side right. uh, and then go through and eventually I get to that one of how did this affect others. Yes. And it's so hard. Oh, and, and, you know, a lot of times they'll go, I don't know, right. or whatever, um, which is super... But but it's just, it's so good to get them to think that way. It's so Absolutely. good to get them to think of of, and then so we start listing them. Well, you know, uh, I bet you the other students in the room were affected by that because then they heard you say it to that person. Right. Um, I'm affected because I'm having to take some time to talk to you today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your bus driver's affected. Yeah. The principal's affected. The guy, yeah, all these people you the start naming the right. custodian right is affected by your vandalism or whatever. Yeah. You start to make this list. It ends up being 50 people long, yep. and you can see the students' eyes just get bigger and bigger and bigger. because like, what they're... the heck did I just do? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. to get them to understand. And, you know, and then turning around and saying, the, the last question I always ask is, what can we do to re- repair that yeah. harm? We caused harm to 50 people, right. or however many people we list. We caused harm to this many people. What do we need to do to restore that? Right. To repair that? So imagine kids. Mm-hmm. Learning that and working with their peers, yeah, mostly younger peers, but we've had some similar in age, mm-hmm. seventh and eighth grade, to make a contract that we keep on file in the office about how to make it right with each other. And it's not only about apologies. Mm-hmm. We dive deep. Yeah. Um, the restorative conferencing is the most... Um, uh, inclusive of all the restorative practices, it's the highest intervention, so to speak, in that continuum. Mm-hmm. This has to be done with preparation. It has it involves more people. It was developed by an Australian criminologist. Oh, okay. Yes, and we have met him. Our my students and I have actually presented at the World Conference with yes. IARP several times. We are recognized as one of the only group that really does this in the world. It's, it's at this incredible. Level. Yeah. Right. Um, and we met the man, and I tell you, I was pretty nervous to tell him that we modified his script for kids, right? I was like, uh, uh, this I th- did put your name on the bottom, I promise. And he was thrilled. He, was, uh. Uh, he just thought, wow. Because he has done this with criminals of a high, high um, criminal rate, like, rapists and murderers Mm -hmm. uh really really highly charged things yes and we're doing it with kids that look at each other funny right right each other in the hallway right and so you have to modify the script because again not only do you have students are the ones that are um, actually using the instrument but you have the 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 i don't know the severity of the crime if you will is so significantly less but the questions are all the same. Right. You know, everything like that has to stay the same. Yeah. And we have to ask every question every time. Yeah. Um, but the students just own the program. I sit back. Yeah. And I only interject myself if I feel like they're being derailed. Where right. they look at me like, oh, God, what Mrs. Do we... Williams, I need help. <laughs> what do <laughs> we do now? doesn't happen that often. Right. But... <laughs> 
Yeah. That is, it's just great. And, and like I said, what we're doing in our school, um, what you're doing in our school is just so great. And I, we're, yeah. I know we're all very thankful that you're here because we have been able to see, and honestly, I think, um, I think it was last year, um, about halfway through the year, I really said to myself, I feel the change in our building. Yes. You can literally feel it when yeah. you walk in. Um, the difference between, you know, before when we were, I'll say, more punitive in our consequences, right. we were a little bit more black and white, by the handbook, yeah. that kind of thing. And now we have moved more toward, towards this restorative interventions yeah. where, and I think that you can just feel the difference, yeah. that sense of community. Um, one thing I wanted to touch upon, because skeptics of restorative practices right. often say to me, but in the real world, right. when you break a law, right. there's a punitive consequence. Right. If I speed down the road yeah. and I get pulled over, right. I have to pay a fine and points on my license and all that other stuff happens. Right. If I break into a store and steal something, I'm going to be arrested. There's a very clear... Right. Crime committed consequence. Yeah. And skeptics of this program yeah. say, where's the consequence? It's still there. That's the thing. So, it, and it has to be meaningful. Someone told me this idea in the past. I forget who it was. But, you know, you give something about anger management. So somebody has this blow up and you give them anger management. Like, go do that. Mm -hmm. Well, why were they angry in the first place? Don't just send them to a course. You have to get to the root of the problem. Right. Right. One of the questions is, what what are the main issues here? Mm -hmm. Right? And um, it does not take away. Sometimes it's harder for kids to have a conversation about what they did Mm -hmm. than to actually serve the detention. Right. Right. It's easy to serve a detention. You just sit there. Yeah. But if you have to say, you know, I was really angry, a lot of kids can't do that. No. <laughs> no. They don't know how to feel uncomfortable. Right. About that. And with the first thing we say to the kids is that you are not in trouble. We're here as a learning opportunity. Yes. And then you can see them go, oh, okay. Right. Yes. You mean I'm not going to get a consequence? Well, this is your consequence. So right. how bad is it, right? right? Well, and and that's like sh- shout out to um uh I think it was episode 3 of my podcast yeah. or 2 of my podcast uh with a, a good friend named Michael Blum yeah. who who met, said in my podcast that you know, if we want students to be adults, we have to treat them like adults and we yes. have to be okay when they make a mistake. Right. You're not in trouble. Right. This is a learning process. Right. You're not an adult right. yet. Now, if you bring a knife to school right, and you stab someone, we have, that is a non-negotiable. It's right. a safety concern. You have to leave. Yes. But upon your return, mm-hmm. we must have a conversation yes. about how we can prevent that from happening again. What are the What's causing you to be so angry that you brought that to school? Sure. Um, you, you know, drugs too. You know, there's just certain there's some, things. Sure. There's lines that you can't cross. And right. we still have those boundaries. We still have those rules. Right. And... and and we still, in our building, we still have detention. We yes. still have suspensions right. and things. It's not to say that they're not there. It's just we have those conversations with them before, during, and after And they're getting better situations. every day. Yes. You know, we are yes. striving to make all of our disciplinary things restorative. Yes. 
And in fact, we had at this conference we went to, we had our detention monitor with us yes. to go through this training as well and right. to, to get these ideas and to get these, these things. Right. Um, you know, actually at that conference, it's interesting, one of my takeaways from that uh, was a quote that our instructor said where she said, um, when you're talking about restorative practice, you want to be thinking, what's the least I can do to change the behavior? And yeah. I thought that was so interesting. It's like, what's the minimum... I can I can do because what we don't want is to go all right that's it you're getting f- 3 days of in school suspension right. you're going to be out of the classroom for this long boom and now it's just a huge deal right. when maybe maybe it doesn't always happen but maybe just having that conversation with the student just pulling them aside and saying hey what right. happened who's affected how do we change this how do we yeah. repair this harm Maybe that's all it would take to change the behavior right. because ultimately that's our goal. Our goal is to not let this happen in the future yeah. and to change the behavior. And right. statistically, I mean, I think we can be very clear that research shows that detentions and punitive consequences do not have the same impact that a restorative intervention would. Yeah, that's one thing that IARP does well is a lot of research mm-hmm. uh, with the you know, the effectiveness of what they're doing. Right. And they are seeing significant drops in those high-level interventions in the schools. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the things that I also thought about in there is that when I was sitting in the conference, and I don't consider myself an expert, but I think I am now. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, you absolutely... Wait, I'm not worthy. What is this? Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but going there and and evaluating my own practice mm-hmm. and seeing someone else's takeaway of their own practice. Right. There were things that I was like, hmm, and I am not one to challenge usually. Right. And and there were some things where I thought, we have some different opinions here. Yeah. And yeah. she was a little reluctant to have students in an empowering role like I do. Right. And, and I had to say something. Mm-hmm. I remember. And it wasn't, uh, my heart was trembling. <laughs> I was thinking, oh gosh, I have to confront this woman because it goes to my core of belief right. that kids can do this. Yes. And so I said, let's just consider it. You know, I wasn't punitive no, in the way I said no, it. No, it was very professional. <laughs> yeah, it was very professional. But I thought, oh, I can't let this group of educators think that the kids can't do this. Right, because we have them doing it. We like, do. Like, come see us. We have it right. happening. Right, come see us. Right. It's really great. Yeah. Um, what, what else did you get? Cause the, the, the conference we went to was just a one day thing, just a right. one day training. Um, I didn't, because we've already been trained on restorative practice yeah. because we've been using it for a couple of years. There wasn't a whole lot of like brand new information, right. but I will say it was great for me to be there because it kind of renewed the yes. sense of urgency and importance of this. Yes. It kind of, um, refreshed my memory on a couple of those like mm-hmm. key things that we go through the training and then if you don't use it, you lose it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so what else did you get away from, like take away from that one day training? Uh, I also saw it in my reflection as a way I I've been struggling with finding something in the world that tells me, okay, I need a book of restorative solutions, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, responsive, that 20%, mm-hmm. I need stuff. What do you do when the kid does this right. restoratively? And then I thought, what the heck? We should be 80% proactive. We shouldn't <laughs> have this book. And that's probably why the book's not written yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
and that every situation is so unique mm-hmm. that we're not going to be able to uh, have an all-encompassing book of right. this is what you do when. Right. Yeah, I think um, I totally agree with you. you. You know, she did give us a couple of resources to to use. A lot that, of resources. Yeah, oh, yeah. Actually, I yeah. shouldn't say a, a few. Yeah. A thumb drive. But, a whole thumb drive worth of stuff. And I haven't even... Come, I've started to come through it, but yes. there's there's a lot on there. But I, I, there's a couple of things on there that are about exactly that. It's not a right. book, per se. Mm-mm. But there are some suggestions of, you know... Uh, it's actually a checklist of, like, he, you know, you can try all of these things yeah. for behaviors that you... You know, in that 20% of of after the fact, you yeah. are being reactive to something. Here and are some things you can try. how to give students a voice. Right. She has some great solutions right. for that, too. Right. You know, um, a couple of things that I, I wrote down from the conference that I wanted to bring up to you, because I'm not so sure if either you caught it or maybe it didn't resonate with, resonate with you because you do this all the time, so mm-hmm. you're just like, whatever, yeah. you know, go through it all the time. And for someone that's not quite as an expert like me, these things, like, stuck out to me. Okay. The one was... Those questions that we ask the the students when restorative they questions? yep those restorative mm-hmm. questions that we ask students when they've done something that they shouldn't have you know the what happened yes. the you know who was affected all those things right I often find myself getting students when I meet with them saying I don't know yes or shrugging their shoulders yeah or staying silent or whatever I never thought of giving the students the questions the day before oh right I yeah. love that idea yeah. Give the students the questions they before and say, hey, little Johnny, mm-hmm. you did this today, yep. this this action, this this thing happened right. today. Um, here are questions that tomorrow I'm going to ask you these five questions. Right. Take them home tonight. Yeah. Take a look at them. Yeah. Think about them because tomorrow I'm going to ask you and saying I don't know is not an okay answer. Right. So giving, preparing the students and allowing the student to prepare. She even went as far as to say you could contact home right. and yeah. right and say, hey, you know, especially I think she was mentioning this for younger students yep. for the, the elementary age saying, hey, this is what happened. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Here are the questions that I sent home with your student. Can you help them process? Right. And parents probably would enjoy that that conversation with their child. Right. Especially, again, I think at the younger age. I think yeah. at the middle age and then certainly in high school, we would want the students to be able to do that on their own. Right. We don't, you know, we want them to be able to process that on their own. We want them to try and do that. But that is something that the peacekeepers struggle to uh, get very uh, in-depth conversation from those questions. They they have to pull stuff out of mm-hmm. kids a lot. Yes. And that's yes. okay, but their comfort level is, is not there at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so I thought that was really great. The other one that I really like, um, and this is more um, for students that maybe when your restorative intervention s- maybe didn't seem to have the effect you wanted it to mm. with the student, maybe it didn't click with them yet, Yes. Um, saying, saying this quote, you may disagree, but you may not be disagreeable. And yes. I think that was so awesome the yeah. way she phrased that of saying, look, you can disagree with the consequence or right. with the the actions that happened, or maybe you disagree with that other person, but you cannot be disagreeable. You right. can't show that kind of disrespectful nature. Yeah. Um, because that's just not 
socially acceptable. Well, and they talk about this whole thing in our training about fair process, right? Yes. So they say you need to talk about what's happening. You give everybody a voice. You mm-hmm. make a decision as an authority person. Right. Right. So when you're working with students, you still are in authority. Mm-hmm. But they walk away feeling, again, it's that integrity thing, feeling like, oh, all right, my ideas were considered, but now I know why they're not chosen. Right. <laughs> and and I'm going to walk away feeling better. Maybe mm-hmm. not good, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to, most likely not going to flip out because I didn't right. like the consequence. Right. Um, I'd like to just kind of change gears a little bit here because... You, you, you continually mentioned that 80% of restorative practices mm-hmm. is proactive. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's involved in that proactive um, implementation is circles. Yes. And using circles. Proactively. Pro, pro, right. You can re, do it yeah. reactively, but right. yeah. Can yeah. you, like, what is a circle? Yeah. Just kind of briefly touch on the whole circle aspect. Because that's like almost like a, if restorative practices was were, was the umbrella. Right. The plate. Yeah, the plate. The plate. <laughs> On there, you're going to have, you know, your restorative interventions, kind of the the reactive side. You're going to have those questions. You're going to have this, that, the other. And then somewhere in there, you're going to have the circles. Yes. So can you talk about that? That's on the continuum. Yeah. And it's a whole other day training. Sure. Yeah, right. right? There's a whole training on it. Just one day. Right. So circles are amazing. Mm -hmm. And there have been documentaries on it. Yes. They have used circles in Aboriginal kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um to repair harm or to build community and we use them here for many different reasons Mm -hmm. you always have a talking stick so that everyone knows who's got the the mic at the time yep uh one person talks at a time the circle allows for everybody to see each other Mm-hmm. And if they because you 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 are standing in a standing or sitting literally. in a literal circle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And when I teach my class, a lot of it's in a circle. Mm-hmm. And when we have peacekeeper meetings every week, we're in a circle. Yep. And everybody gets a chance to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use circles in many different ways. You could brainstorm for a writing unit. Mm-hmm. You can. Um, <clears throat> use it for uh, finding solutions to a problem using a fishbowl. Mm-hmm. And these are all things that you would learn in, in the training. Right. But what's amazing to me is that those that don't always speak get a chance. Yes. And Everybody has a voice. Yes. In a circle. And if they pass a lot, because you allow them to pass if mm-hmm. they don't want to talk, eventually... They will contribute, mm-hmm. and it's powerful to see. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, you know, when, when we first went through that training, that one-day training on yeah. circles, um, one of the things that kind of stuck out to me was using this for instruction. Yes. And the idea was if you are using circles all the time, right. even if it's daily or every other day or maybe if, even if you're not comfortable and just do it once a week or something, yeah. If you're using them more often for positive things, mm-hmm. not things that are negative or punitive in nature, but more just positive conversations, introducing a unit, introducing a lesson, starting the day, mm-hmm. if you're using it for those things, when you need to circle up for, hey guys, something right. bad happened and we need to have a, conver- a class meeting about this, we need to have a conversation about this, right. it is natural. The students feel comfortable. Yes. The students are ready for it. They understand 
what the expectation in a circle is. Right. And they're comfortable with each other because you've already built that community. Right. I think that's so incredible. It is because people worry about time with restorative. It's going to take more time. Well, at the beginning, yeah. Sure. It's it's going to until Mm -hmm. people kind of know what to do. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they're going to just go to it. Yeah. Now, our Raider Pride program is in a circle. Yes. And now we have students trained by another colleague mm-hmm. um, to run those circles. Absolutely. So we that, that's just another way we empower kids in our building. Yeah. Um, I, I have to admit that, you know, I haven't used circles probably as much as I should. I, I, uh-huh. I don't use them daily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be great to use them daily. Um, and I think it's because... Again, I, I struggle with timing. You know, right. as a teacher, I have a certain amount of content I have to get through. And boy, is it a lot. Mm-hmm. And and man, circling up every day. And sometimes those circles, you may only plan for five minutes. They but go then you wild, get you yeah. get that one kid that just, <laughs> let me tell you everything I did this weekend. You know, yep. it's like, okay. And you have to teach them. <laughs> yeah, right. That you give one thing. Right, yeah, right. right. What's your one big like, thing? oh, wait, oh. Yeah. Nope, we're done. Right. Moving on. Right. And they hold on to that talking stick and man, <laughs> they just go for it. Yeah. So, but again, I, 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 I sometimes just don't have that time. Right. Um, but the, the one thing that I pulled out of the conference, mm-hmm. um, and I've already used it every day oh, wow. since the, the conference, which was only last week, but is the teacher, she should, the, the, um, facilitator of this training showed a video of another teacher in a district who literally said the same thing of I don't have a lot of time right so I made these circles quick and easy and to the point and her idea was to do a a circle each day to check in on the students level yeah so she did a one to five I love it I know it wasn't a great she gave a one to five energy level so the, the teacher said to her class if you are a you know a five, that's like high energy. I'm ready for the day. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm I'm energetic. Here I am. And a one is I'm still tired. I right. want to crawl back in my bed. I don't right. want to be here. Blah 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 blah. Right. And she just has the students share out what number they are. Yeah. And maybe a little bit of a why behind right. it. But it was super quick. That's awesome. And so I've used that. Yeah. And the thing that I have found is. Because I've built a community in my classroom already, mm-hmm. when a student that isn't normally a one is a one, mm-hmm. everybody in that classroom is concerned yes. and will reach out to that student yes. and say, hey, we, we heard you were a one today. Yeah. Are you, is everything all right? You good? Yeah. Or, or, oh, well, you know what? We're doing a group work, but we have four fours and one one. So we need to pick it up a little right. bit here. How do you build them up? And then right. they are their own mm-hmm. solution. Yeah. That's so awesome. it kind of gave this uh, this kind of a more sense of community. And it just is that check-in with all of my students to say, where are you? And then I, me as a teacher, I go, okay, all the fives, I don't need to check in with them today because they they're yeah. happy to be here. They're excited to be here. But those ones and twos, I might need to spend a little extra time checking in with them and maybe even just say, hey, Right. You you all right, man? Yeah. You you good? You know, yes. and go from there. Exactly. So I loved that. That's awesome. I loved it. It did remind me of when you were talking about that. So last year I had a severe concussion, mm-hmm. and I had really hard time coming back and running the program. And I was gone long enough. Um, in I was gone into the school year where 
the peacekeepers had already done a lot of good work. So they were great. They were independent. Yeah. My sub came in and just kind of sat there and they taught her what to do. Yeah. It was fantastic. But when I came back, and the point of me saying this is that as educators, we're allowed to be ones. Yeah. We're allowed absolutely. to give the feedback of a one or a two. Mm-hmm. And there were times when I was struggling still. Mm-hmm. I came into those circles and was a one mm-hmm. and they built me up. Yeah. And when you have a community and when you build those relationships, Mm -hmm. they will do amazing things for you. Right. Right? It's part of the reason I love being an educator because I think selfishly I get so much out of it. Yeah. You know, like I do this job very selfishly because I'm like, guys, I'm in it for me. Like I, I have such a good feeling when you make me feel good or, you know, you, you're right. We are okay to have those days where we're ones and twos. Right. And the students don't even have to have a circle to know it. They'll no. recognize that immediately, yep. and they'll work to, to build you up if you've built that community. Exactly. If you've used these restorative interventions and we stuff. Are, yeah, we're all human beings, mm-hmm. and we all need help sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, well, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Sure. Because our day we, has our, begun. <laughs> our, our day is, a, is, is starting soon. We um, are going to have students showing up very soon. Uh, so we need to get going here, but I did just want to wrap up. I try to wrap up with a question, um, that maybe we ask a lot, but typically we get cliche answers to, mm-hmm. um, and I just can't stand cliche answers. I think they're annoying because, you know, like when you tell a kid, well, just, just try your best. That's right. That kid has heard that 500 times and doesn't even know what try your best looks like. Right. They don't get it. Um, so what do you think, um, what could a teacher do if a teacher's listening to this? Mm-hmm. What could they do today in their classroom right. to begin the process of using restorative practices? If they've never heard of it before, if they have never been trained, if they don't know anything about it, what's something they could do today right. to start that journey? Uh, my first reaction to that question is take the question why out of your vocabulary. Ooh. I love that answer. And start with what happened. It sets the, the tone for the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you have it, when you're dealing with a student that has some sort of behavior issue, mm-hmm. and you say, well, why did you do that? Yeah. Especially at the middle level, they are not going to respond to that question. Right. And Damn. what happened? Tell me. What happened? Right. I wasn't there. Right. Tell me what happened. You're the expert in your own story. Yeah. Wow. That is... That's really good advice. There you go. Yeah. Take the why out of your vocab. That's great. So if somebody wanted to get more information about mm-hmm. restorative practices, where, where can they go to get that info? They have a great website, mm-hmm. www.iirp.edu. Okay. Because they are a graduate school, so they have an EDU ending. But they have so much to offer, and they have so much on their website. Yeah. Yeah. So we can get get go there and get some more information. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sure coming thing. in early to thank our school you. day <laughs> to record this uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. Love what you do with our building. Um, we are forever in your debt. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much.